and we are live hi guys welcome to an episode of the sports fan podcast i'm your host david and today's episode we're going to be doing a lot we're going to do Premier League reviews of the past weekend the games that happened the weekend Spurs winning their game arsenal winning also and chelsea losing it would have been better if arsenal lost because Spurs would have regained their position at fourth spot after they lost it to arsenal but now we move and the race for the fourth spot becomes even hotter and hotter I will give my thoughts on the top four race. I will give my thoughts on games all around, like I've always done in my previous episodes. And our big story today, um, we're going to talk about agents. We're going to talk about the role of agents. Um, I, I have more, depending on how long I spent talking about it. But um, why I'm talking about it is because uh, Mino Raiola, unfortunately, died um, at the age of 54. He was suffering an illness. He was suffering illness and he was he was sick and unfortunately, sadly, he died. It's not really a good thing to hear such news and um, some comments about agents and I really just want to talk about agents in general personally and why talking about that one also. I want to talk about some other sports um, related news in like transfers and the players that we could sign. I know that you know, I always talk about that from time to time but to do that further as you let them do this episode. In no particular order, I am starting with Tottenham Hotspur. We, oh no, let me start with Chelsea Man United. Um, the midweek game, I didn't cover that one, but in the midweek game, it's Chelsea and Arsenal. Chelsea and Man United they played, and it was a one-one draw. Um, bad result for United and bad result for Chelsea because Chelsea effectively ended up losing their game against Everton after that one-one draw. And this is another thing. One about Man United Chelsea, I, I, I think this is where we have to ask. And in football, there is always historical um, history always comes to come to play in football. Most of, more often than not, it almost always comes to play whenever two teams face each other. There's always a history. People have people teams have bogey teams where they just have no matter how good they are, no matter how the, the golfing class is between both sides, this team always steps up against this team no matter what. And I think my United Chelsea and Chelsea, my United have gotten bad in recent years, but Chelsea and United the fixture always always. Was always a tough feature for Chelsea to get to a win, and Chelsea almost lost that game, and it was a one-one draw from Man United, and they were able to do enough to see out to get some points from that game. Now let's start with the, let's go with the weekend game, Spurs versus Leicester City. Now remember what I said about history and how games tend to favor favor certain sides. Well, it happened again. Spurs in for Spurs, Spurs tend to beat Leicester at home when Spurs are at home. Spurs have an overall good record against Leicester. I think the only reason, especially since when Spurs have lost to Leicester, Spurs lost to Leicester in the last few. I probably remember the season, the season when Leicester won the league. I think Leicester won one new, then the next season Leicester won two one. Then I think 2019 season Leicester won two one in that 19-20 season. Then earlier in this. No, last the, the 2020 2020 21 season, Leicester, Leicester won that fixture, right? But since then, you know, all around sports have been winning that fixture in general. If you check out the stats, I think general sports tend to win that fixture, so it's it's most likely so. Sports winning that winning this game, you were you will be forgiven for actually putting your throwing your heart in your saying, Listen, I want to bet sports to win this game straight, and sports did. And Leicester, yes, Leicester came in with a weakened side. You know, but Spurs really went out and did the job they had to do to keep the top four race going. And at the time when they won this game, by getting these three points, they could regain their spot in the fourth, in the fourth top four. I wish they had beaten Brighton. You know, if they had beaten Bre- um, Brentford, it would have been better. And Brentford would have been probably even ahead. And but but no, anyways, they are still in the hunt for the race. Two points behind Arsenal. Arsenal who went ahead to win their game against against West Ham. Coming to that. So now, um, in the, when the game started, Lucas Moura started this game. Kulusevski was dropped. For this game, and then Ben and Lucas Moura started. Emerson Royal starting the wing back. 
Spurs were a goal up in the first half from Hurricane. Now, obviously, the right wing was very bad, very, very dull, and it was really annoying to watch Mora and Emerson do their best impression of, football, of footballers. I can't believe Spurs have two Brazilian players in their team. You know, one runs like a headless chicken, has on and off days, and the other one is just not good at anything that requires you to requires requires the, the requirement of the position that Emerson plays. It is not what he delivers on the pitch, and sadly, we saw that. And then Kulusiasi came on for Mora, and he came on and he put in an assist for Son. I think another assist for Kane. So putting two assists, he came on. It's 35 minutes. He could have been more of the game than Lucas Warren. Just 35 minutes. This is what we're talking about when we say we want to generate something that he can run in. And one thing I, I like about him is that he was dropped and he took it. He took it really personal and he came on and delivered. This is how footballers should behave. Not talking because you got dropped. You got dropped. Yes. Step on the pitch and prove that. Listen. Don't try. Tell the manager. Do not try this again. I am the guy for this position. And he came on. And he had he performed well, and a big shout out to Romero, especially for that third, the, um, the second goal rather, that Son, the second goal Son um, scored. Romero had two um, tackles, two tackles where he went in. That was for his second goal, and he won the ball twice, and Kuliszewski won the ball. Kuliszewski got the ball, and then he made a very good play. Yes, Son turned and he scored good goal. But Romero, he's coming, becoming a fan favorite among the lot of fans. Yes, he's a very good defender. Don't get it twisted. For the money you paid for him, he deserves, he, he should, he should be doing what he's expected to be doing. Another thing we should always remember as, as um, football fans is this, right? Um, just because he may have been beaten in the air in certain games, maybe lost his marker, doesn't really make him a bad defender. I mean, I think Alfie Morrison has once beaten Van Dyke in the air before, right? Players have beaten in the air. So sometimes it happens. Yes, it's a bit rash sometimes, but I think if Spurs should go out and get a quality centre back of the same level or even higher than his level, I think Spurs will have a defence well sorted out for the next X amount of years. And another thing, I think remember last season when Liverpool played Atalanta, I think Liverpool played Atalanta, Atalanta won the other game and Liverpool beat Atalanta, I think it was 5-1 or something. Romero didn't play that game and then he played, even in Copa America for Argentina, he played, he was it was a very key man for that year defense in winning that Copa America for Argentina. So he's a very good player. And Spurs did not really, are not really wasting. Did not like wasting for the first time we could see a player Spurs sign, and then we we're saying, okay, we are happy that we signed this guy. We're seeing his, we're seeing the improvement in him. And you know, and and it's this for me. I, 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 and that's really, really a cool thing in my, in my opinion, for me. But anyways, a good win for Spurs. Now Arsenal against West Ham and I know listen the last three games was um Arsenal played again Arsenal played we would expect we're expecting and hoping that they would do us a favor which I think personally I think it's not a good thing to expect that to do you a favor because you have it in your hands and you did not really take advantage it's not a surprise that you know teams will do what they want to do you know you can't put your future in people's hands and this is exactly what sports did by not beating Brentford and by not beating Leicester and Brighton and this is what it did playing against um West Ham playing against United playing against Chelsea these are three teams. I won't say United. I won't say United hate sports, hate sports that much, but West Ham and Chelsea do not like sports. So expecting these two teams to play this game like it's the end of the world, you know, even though they have teams to fight for, but you know, in the grand scheme of things, the game will not really a lot mean a lot to them. Those two teams. West Ham are not going to play in top. They're lucky they, they they are putting their eye on the Europa League run, right? So chances are that they will not really. And again, it is it is West Ham versus Arsenal. Arsenal tend to win this fixture one. Not only they win this fixture, it is what makes you think West Ham would want to put their body in the line to win. Another thing, again, the reason why Arsenal are ahead of us is not because Arsenal, Arsenal won games that sports did not win. What were the games? 
Arsenal beat Manchester United 3-1 at home. Spurs lost to United 3-0. Arsenal beat Chelsea 4-2 at Stamford Bridge. Spurs lost to Chelsea, I think 1-0 or 2-0, right? Um, Arsenal went to West Ham's home and beat West Ham 2-1. Yes, Arsenal had two goals from their set pieces. Spurs went there and lost 1-0. So, if we're being honest, you know, calling for, you know, being angry at Conte for not doing... A lot of these fixtures had happened before he was even manager and possibly even... Maybe just the Chelsea result as well, he was manager, but that was debatable because in general, his were really chaotic at the time and he was in mess. Four percent Kruseski and Bentaco. You know, Bentaco was also equally good in that game. Let me back to the Arsenal game. Arsenal won the game 2 1, did what they had to do. They won 2 1, and now it is a two point gap again with both sides. With four games to go, both teams will face each other, obviously. So I think the North London Derby has a lot riding on it now. I mean, the media are going to milk that with that fixture. That is, if Spurs. Are still in are still in touching the sense of Arsenal after they play Liverpool because Spurs are going to play against Liverpool. It's not going to be an easy fixture because Spurs at that ground, they've lost all the last matches in that ground. I think they've not won there since 20. Uh, well, I can't remember the last time Spurs won at Liverpool at um, at Anfield. I think I can't remember the last time, but Spurs haven't won there in a long time. So it's it's I think the last time they drew there was it Wanyama's Rocky. I think 2018, I think 2018 or 2017-18 season. Either of those two seasons. So Spurs have. Not really had. It's not really good hunting ground. So Spurs won't need to go there and get get three points. And this is why I said Spurs should have never been in this position. They should have never had to needed to go to Liverpool to get three points to be in the top four race. You had Brighton, you had Brentford. These are teams you should be beating, and you didn't. You didn't get advantage. So it's not really something that you would want to blame anybody else for. You can blame yourselves for it. You know, and, and that's that's just my own issue with Spurs. But the North London derby is a very key fixture now. If Spurs, if any Spurs get something from Arsenal, from um, Liverpool, and Arsenal drop points against Newcastle, and Spurs, are still, it's going to be a very key fixture, and we would see how it goes. You know, I know the media will milk it and they will want to try it best they can. But anyways, uh, let's go to another new another game. Um, Everton Chelsea, Everton beating Chelsea. I remember nothing. I don't know if this episode is about historical games. Historically, in the last three matches prior to this fixture, Everton had beaten Chelsea in each and every one of them. Keeping a clean sheet in all of them. They won they beat Chelsea 1-0, 3-0, I think 2-0 in different fixtures. So it has not been happy hunting ground for Chelsea in the last three now four four four, four games. And Everton won this game 2-1, 2-1-0 rather. Go from Richarlison. Um, I won't say it was, it was an error and then Richarlison took advantage and won one. And Lampard was quite happy. But I don't think it's enough for Everton, you know, to, to salvage their season. And Chelsea, you know, I think I saw a tweet from somebody, I think Eugenio Cortez, he said that, I think at that time, he said, Chelsea's system relies on six players to concentrate, to be, to be concentrated for it to be, to be successful. It's not sustainable over a course of a season because um, over time, players will be tired, fatigue will happen, levels could drop. And I think it makes a lot of sense because now Tuchel even came out and confirmed that, that listen, the players were tired and probably... The levels dropped, which is what's happening with Chelsea. You know, in their system, they need a lot of players to concentrate because it's a system that's very tight, keep it tight in the back, and they have to be on their game. And it's what we're seeing. But you know, for me, I, I think um, Everton do what they have to do, winning their game. And this is why it's dangerous to face teams who are fighting for something to the end of the season because they will stain your white. <laughs> they will stain your white. <laughs> Chelsea, now I think Chelsea are just Chelsea are on 66 points. I think Arsenal are on 60. 60. Three, then Spurs are on 61. So Spurs are five points behind Chelsea, if I'm not mistaken. And I think Arsenal are three points behind Chelsea. So Chelsea not winning games against Arsenal, not beating Everton. They've left the door open for that their third spot for Spurs and Arsenal to try and capitalize on it. 
Will they? I, I, I think Chelsea might be enough, see enough be, have enough in them to just hold that spot as tight as they can. You know, I think they have enough. And another thing is, historically, this fixture has never really favored Chelsea. I think I remember 20, even as far back as 2014, I remember Mourinho's season when um, Naismith scored two goals and Everton won 2 1. Martinez was still their manager. So, there's never really been a happy hunting ground for Chelsea. I think when Lukaku even played, and Lukaku, even during the, Lukaku went, ran ragged, their yeah, defense ragged. So, it's not really a happy, happy I think Chelsea might just chuck on just. Yeah, just one of those games. So Chelsea just did enough to just have the points. Maybe the next weekend, their next fixture, they might just get the three points they need. Anyways, so the next game, Aston Villa was Norwich City. Aston Villa won this game 2-0. Um, nothing much to see here. I think Norwich going down is not really a surprise because Norwich City, um, their, their, their regulation was confirmed basically in that, in that game. And Norwich City going down is not really a surprise because historically, Historically, um, their yo-yo club, I mean, up and down. And the, f- the funny thing is, Fulham, they're coming back up. So, Fulham are another yo-yo club, re- replacing the yo-yo club in Norwich City. Now, Norwich City will go down to their championship and turn into prime Barcelona, where they will just switch, sweep every team aside and then they come back up and then they go back down again. It was just it was just like a short 30 points to play against Norwich. And Norwich has nothing to play for now, so they're effectively down. And Aston Villa, Back to winning ways. Um, they were on a losing run. Steven Gerrard. Then I think that win. Uh, it was not a lot of hit on him, but I think this win sort of lessens the noise towards Steven Gerrard. And I think Aston Villa had enough in them to just swipe Norwich aside. Southampton against Crystal Palace. Southampton winning that game two one. Um, a very easy coming back, scoring the equaliser for Crystal Palace, and um, Zaha scoring the winner for them. Man City for putting four past Leeds United. Um, Gabriel Jesus is not taking the links to Arsenal um, lightly. Ever since he got linked with Arsenal, he has scored. He, has scored, he scored, a four, scored four goals against is it Watford. He scored four goals against Watford. The last fixture. Scored against Champions against Man City and now scored again for Man City against Leeds United. 4-0. Um, Rodri scored. I think they had a penalty. Then this guy scored. So they were fine. Leeds, they... I don't want to do commentary. It's like a lot of fans, they want Liverpool to win in the league. And once they winning, winning that game, you could feel the pain in the, in the, in the, from the in the commentary, right? The commentary, they were not really happy about the fact that Man City were winning that game. <laughs> they didn't feel pleased about it. Anyways, we had another um, winner again. Brighton putting three past Wolves. Brighton were really good and Wolves were very poor. And Wolves deserve to lose this game. Um, correlations to Wolves to Brighton. I think Brighton are going to be safe. They have enough to to see out the season and just be up, stay safe. The Newcastle versus Liverpool. Liverpool winning this game one 0 Um, the commentary again. The commentary they were quite, the commentary were quite excited and happy and hoping Liverpool will win this game. Just like the way they were happy about them playing against Everton. And even um, you could com- the complaints people had for Carragher, you know, when he was blatantly on Liverpool side. <laughs> And now Watford versus Burnley. I want to talk about. We want to talk about this game. I, I kept the game for a like, I really want to link it with the Everton game. I think Burnley. They came from. They came back from a goal down to win. Watford. I think Watford will be going down. And then um, some players you could pick out from Watford will be like Ismail Asa and um, Dennis Emmanuel Dennis. These are two players you can probably pick out from Watford. Now listen, Burnley winning this game. I think they did give good account of themselves. And it was a last-minute winner that they, they they got. You know, they won the game. And now they are five points clear of Everton. Yes, they have like a game in hand or two in hand ahead of Everton. But, you know, it's not really... A, okay, at the time, it was five points, at the time it was five points clear of Everton. I think now Everton got three points, or two points, at three points or two ahead. Anyways, Burnley winning this game was good. Now, I said now they are both Leeds because Leeds lost four new. And now Leeds are being dragged. I thought Leeds would be fine, but Leeds are being dragged into it. And now Everton will have to find you. I, I, I think Everton are playing against Leeds. I think Everton beat Leeds 3-0. Or 4-0 at one point this season. 
So I don't know. I, 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 I will check. I think Leeds have to play Arsenal too. So Leeds have something to fight for. Um, Burnley too have something to fight for. So they're playing against Spurs in that run. I hope I hope Burnley are fine by the time they face Spurs because they're more dangerous when they are playing, fighting for something. And now, you know, they 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 went away at Watford and they won this game. And it's not really looking good for Everton. Yes, Everton beat Chelsea. Good result for Everton, but it's still not enough because Burnley looks like they're not going to let up. They're not going. I think Everton slacking. At different point was not it's not and in that relegation fight you know it's harder to get out of that that um red dreaded zone but i think burnley gave a good on themselves and they won that game credits to burnley and credits to credits to burnley for winning that game i think they will be fine i think they'll be fine everton have a lot to really do to, to make sure that they stay up for this season yeah but i think that's that's a quick breeze through all the games that happened in the, in the weekend um let's go to our big story today Talk about quickly and then we'll have some thoughts and then sign off. I'll see you guys on that segment. And welcome to our big story. Now, unfortunately, Minoraiola um, lost his life. Um, he, was, he was battling an illness and unfortunately he died. And then the, when, what happened was, I think the day before, there was a news, a, a, a reporter tweeted that he had died and Raiola tweeted and said, listen, he's not dead, you know, like, they've been trying to kill me literally, like, they've been trying to kill me for the past four months, when he was talking about the reporting, how many stories have come out that are false, so the guy tweeted and deleted it and said, Raiola, he's sick, he's in serious conditions in the hospital, I think the next day, Fabio Romano tweeted and said, um, um, Raiola is dead, has died at um, his family confirmed it. I think they can't confirm it. Very, it was a sad loss. Now listen, a lot of fans. I, I, I think there's some. Why don't we talk? Why don't we talk about this in detail a little bit more? Is this right? I think a lot of fans are mistaking sentences. And the the agents are there to represent their players. They are there to put the, to to make the to us. They get the best deal possible for their players, who happen to be their clients. I don't understand why fans should hate agents. I don't understand why. Listen, you're not the ownership. Yes, you know, I don't understand why. You're not the one paying the money, you're not paying for your noses. He's an agent in the world of professionalism, it's supposed to be taking this best deal for the players possible. Yes, he earned a lot of money, his commission is high, we get it. But for being honest here, a lot of agents if he's literally one of the best in the business and getting the best possible for his players, his reward is not really you could argue, yes, he made a lot of money off the proper deal. A lot of people could be upset at him for that, but I think it's more of the clubs. That have a lot more to do with that they are paying that off paying that and i don't really think it's something that you should again your feelings are valid if you think Raiola uh, as an agent wasn't a good it's fine but it's just something i just don't understand the fans are not the ones paying the money you know it's the club paying it and you're, i mean as a fan you support your club but agents is making money off the whole thing let the ownership worry about these kind of things it's just for me i think ownership should worry about the agent stuff yes agents are having power and all that which is you know, possibly possibly true and i think you know Looking at how the um, Pogba situation, how he tends to interfere with players, but he's just somebody trying to get the best possible for his players. A lot of players. There's a reason why the high-profile players, Ibrahimovic, Haaland, I think um, Mkhitaryan's agent, Milenkovic, Savic, Pogba, these players they still they are still loyal to him. There's a reason for that. You know, if he holds them and takes them, I think Haaland put a tribute for him. You know, Ibrahimovic. I remember I, I watched Ibrahimovic's story. Ibrahimovic story. I think he was. Bergkamp's Dennis Bergkamp also was his agent. Ibrahimovic's story was it Bergkamp? I think it was Bergkamp. Ibrahimovic's story was this, right? He met Ibrahimovic. Ibrahimovic was you know, having flashy cars and all that, right? When he's at Ajax, and and Raiola told him, listen, do you want to be 
the best in the world or you want to be an agent you want to be just another guy who's just flashing money and all that and we're like okay no i want to be then you also to sell your flashy car sell this and get to work and so you would argue that what ibrahimovic is today is compared to football raiola did contribute to it part of it right his agent looking out for him getting the best deal possible for him making him stay at that level as a top player you know and the players raiola tends to manage you know a lot of them are really really good players he has a lot of high profile ones they're really good you know so there's a reason why these players are loyal to him there's a reason why these players want to be want him to be their agent you know a lot of them are still just like their profile and all that and another one of the people who tends to get a bad rep is mendes right although you could argue mendes has some weird stuff happening i think with his um football agents in yeah i mean some of signings that have happened because of mendes especially with wolverhampton you know a lot of them probably get some commission get on kickbacks so it's we get it there's a lot of all this stuff that happening inside I know I know is not popular among a lot of football fans, but I just think in general football agents should should look out for their players, right? So if you're an agent, it's just been professional, and yes, his methods were unorthodox in how he got the job done. But I think you know as an agent, it's not really something that people should really worry much about because if you're in their shoes of in shoes of these players, they would want their agents to look out for. It. I mean, we've seen agents take advantage of the players that they take advantage of players that they are managing, that they are um, taking care of or they are representing rather. And over the years, we've not really got it. So it's not depending on the one you would, you would do when you look at it. Yes, your feelings are still valid. If you think that it's not moral, thing. I understand if you believe that. You know, well, it's just me. I just don't understand why fans are upset. I mean, you don't want to pay anything. You don't want to see paying the money. So if it's not your pocket getting hurt, then you know. <laughs> I've had. I just had that feeling that you know, if it's not your pocket getting hurt, the owners are rich. They want to do this. You know, as well as the players. And the fans, you know, they want this. You know, they want to. If, if he's, he's just been professional and trying to get the best he possible, and also check, get earn some money off it, so it is what it is. Anyways, let's go some sports news. And then um, Conte, uh, according to Fabio Romano and Dan KP, also very much talking about how he wants to lead a revolution in this summer, and how K- at the Athletic saying that the club they want to move away from signing players young to players, then to hope they can, then try to move towards signing more established players, some players who will come in and hit the ground running. It remains to be seen if they will actually do that because we know sports they would say this oh we're willing to pay it, and then the summer they'll do the exact opposite i do not know if they will but it's looking likely that they could because conte is really driving things and saying listen i want this to happen and this will happen and if they back conte i do believe sports have a chance at a title chart if they really back him this summer and say listen we're giving you this money this is interesting another thing before i end this episode i want to talk about the fans a lot of fans are saying it's supposed to be on top four that Conte should Conte is at fourth for it. Listen, Conte is the reason why we're even seeing a top four race. Okay, a lot of you and remember when I said I always said that I don't think I don't I don't put sports in the top four race. I don't believe sports make top four. I always did that because I could see it that listen we're not really good enough for that. And the fact that we're in the top four is a miracle. The signings in January of Bentaco and Kolusevski have been master strokes, right? These are two signings that have come in and hit the ground running and improved the side already by joining just immediately. Now listen. One thing you should also remember is this, right? When Conte joined in November, so when he joined, we were really bad. A lot of fans didn't really see a lot of hope, right? Nuno was very bad. Now, if you want to get upset at Conte for missing out on top four, he did not have the whole of the season, okay? He didn't have the whole of the season, so you can't really blame him for missing out on top four. Oh, you could have beaten Brighton, could have beaten Wolves, could have beaten um, Wolves, should have beaten Southampton. Yes, I agree. Should have beaten Burnley. Yes, I agree. Brighton, I agree. We should have beaten those teams. But if you it is unfair to judge him based on half a season and rather than the whole season where there were games where sports should have won and sports didn't win i mean looking at games that we lost in those i mean come on 
it's not really going looking at how we lost North London Derby, we're very bad. Looking at how we lost against Crystal Palace 3 0 away, looking at how we lost the um, games we should be winning, I think we really well, it's, we were very bad in that period, in that part of the season. So I don't really understand why fans are getting on his neck. And listen, even if he doesn't, I don't care. As long as we back him this summer, that's what's most important. We back him to shift out to play, players that are not good enough, players that would improve, and go and get players that would improve the side, rather than just keeping holding on to players just before the vibes and all that. And I'm, I mean, I don't go over my list of players I want to go because it's always been consistent. I still really believe that I hold on to that list possible. I listen, these players need to go. They don't have to stay. It's just, it's just facts. That's what it is. Anyways, um, I'm done ranting and. <laughs> Well, we'll see about that. We'll see how the season ends. Um, hopefully, we finish top four. I'm still not. I still have my prediction. One game at a time. I'm not going to call top four. I still think a lot of twists and turns could happen before the season ends. Nobody has it in the bag. I mean, two games ago or three games ago, a lot of people told you. If two people told you that Arsenal would be fourth and supposed to be fifth, two points ahead after playing um, Chelsea, Man United, you know, a lot of people will be like, nah, we don't believe you. And even Western people now, we don't believe you. But now, look at it, right? So, on paper, sports had the easier fixture. And Arsenal didn't have the easier fixture. Twists and turns happen. So, I think there are some twists and turns that could happen in these last five, four, five games. I think uh, we're here to see this, is, uh, this season. Is, there are still a lot of surprises that we have that it has in store for us. Uh, without further ado, I think I have to come to the end of this episode. Um, I'll see you guys by the time we play against Liverpool. Oh, no. I think there are some midweek um, fixtures we have to um, watch against this weekend. So, Many features will have to happen. But still, um, hopefully by by um, by then I return back some more good news about football. And then um, by the time I'm back next Monday, also I hope we have I have some good things to say. Well, hopefully we have beaten Liverpool for the first time in years. Hopefully, fingers crossed. <laughs> and Arsenal had have lost their game to Newcastle. Well, fingers crossed. Uh, we can only hope. Um, yeah. Bye bye. And this episode. Take care. Have a nice week. And bye.